Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Steve. What do you hear? What do you say, bud? Hey, we have Trog royalty on tonight. You are not kidding, man. You are not kidding. We definitely have Trog royalty. I'm not even sure if he's wearing purple, but I don't think that really matters. I mean, this is this is who we have, man. We got one of the greatest guys in the community, one of the greatest destruction guys in the community, and I know once we get into it, you guys are going to be really happy to hear every absolute everything this guy has to say so really excited to have him on but i'm gonna keep him tucked behind the curtain a little bit longer here to keep the suspense brewing because uh we don't uh we don't we don't want to give uh we don't want to give the goods away too soon you know what i mean steve we got to keep this hidden for a little bit longer the suspense we're, we're used to hiding things in caves well you know and in, in, in other places too you know that one thing that uh, what was that lawyer did he call you back on that thing just wonder. Would you get the show started? All right, we're, we are definitely we are definitely going. And as always, we've got the question of the day and the closing thoughts towards the end of the show. And as a matter of fact, our guest is so awesome that we're going to completely skip the news because nothing else really really matters at this point. But uh, but we are going to definitely um, we're going to definitely get it rolling. Hey, you grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. We are definitely going to uh, get it rolling here. So we've got a great show. And uh, strap yourselves in, folks. Uh, we are going to have a destruction-filled show this evening here on Grimdark Live. Our guest this evening uh, on Grimdark, who really needs absolutely no introduction, you've most likely seen his great battle reports, his battle tome reviews, his unlocking videos, or his awesome top five review army breakdowns. Uh, he really is a staple, um, not only in this global Warhammer community, but in the Destruction Grand Alliance tonight on Grimdark Live. We're proud to have Michael from Doom and Darkness on the show. Doom, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you very much for being with us this evening. Oh, g'day, folks, and thanks very much for having me on the show. Oh, you know what? I got to tell you, we are uh, absolutely honored to, uh, to to have you with us. And, you know, honestly, Michael, when I think of, you know, ogres or, you know, even, um, you know, destruction uh, itself, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, if it's not Halo Twitch, it, it's definitely you that I look for, uh, for for direction advice on the fatties of destruction, especially when it comes to the ogre maw tribes. 
But you also play Gloomspite Gits in, in Oric Warclans, right? Uh, I played Oric Warclans for uh, quite a long time, uh, back when they were just Iron Clans before the Oric uh, Warclans book. And um, But once I jumped to Ogres, you know, that's where... I found a, a new home for quite some time, and um, the Gloom Spite, uh, well, they were a project that took me 12 months to complete. Um, ever since the book came out, I knew it was an army I wanted to play. Um, it's just got fantastic versatility and uh, just a whole heap of cool little tricks, so I wanted to jump on it. But it's actually a, a harder army to collect and uh, paint and get ready if you're starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve, you know, our our, our big dummy co-host here. You know, he uh, he he plays Gloomsights or Trogoths, really. Yeah, I've um, I play Trogoths exclusively, and uh, that's probably one of the things that introduced me to you, Michael. Is that uh, you did an hour-long video uh, review of the Trogoths as as an army? Yeah, which I so that was very compelling. Well, the the. When, when the Gloomspite Gets a book came out, it was um, pre-Ogre Battle Tome. There was no news of, of Ogres even being on the horizon. And so the next best thing to Ogres, I think, are Trolls. So I was like, listen, this is this is an army that I can just get on board with. The play style is going to be very similar to how I've been playing Gutbusters so far. But the rules are just better and the Trolls are just better. So, um, uh, you know, cool story, excellent models. The new Rock got Trugos are a fantastic model, and um, it was easy for me to, to jump on board trials. Now, do you prefer the Rock Guts over the mm -hmm. Fellwaters? Uh, no, I prefer them in a, as a mix, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think they all have um, different roles. Rock Guts probably perform better as a, more of an Anvil-style unit with a 5-up aftersave. Um, and the Fellwaters, I mean, you can take Fellwaters in a, a, a larger block, or you can just run them as units of threes. Um, their shooting attack adds a real uh, versatility to the unit, and um, you know they're sort of a they're a unit that you can use as a line breaker. So you can just uh, move up, vomit on the chaff, and um, and then charge through if you like. And they can like uh, Fellwater Trogoths. You have to commit something significant to beat just a unit of three. You know you can't send just your average ten man unit of of battle line into them because the yeah, trolls will slaughtered. will pace them. Yeah, so so just little units of three uh, Fellwaters running around can cause quite a problem for your opponent. Um, but having said that as well, uh, once you put them in a bigger unit and if you're combining them with Geminids or another minus one to hit. Uh, minus two trolls uh, uh, can be just as devastating as the the rock guts, if not more. So, um, you know, I, th I think you can use them in, in a lot of different ways. Michael, you are a class act, man. I got to tell you, it would have taken me six months to study up on the entire Trogoth line just to have that kind of response. And you rambled that off like I was just telling, like like asking you your name. That was amazing, man. Good no, stuff. No, you're just you're just flattering me. <laughs> serious man that was good stuff but but let's before I, we're going to be talking about gloomspite gets and trogoths here a little bit later in the show but let's um let me ask you this so now obviously here folks uh we're, we're going to be talking about destruction here and and there there are a, there's a lot to get into with that but michael i gotta ask you in talking about destruction later but for right now i mean is there any other armies non-destruction armies uh that you currently play or dabble in oh yeah absolutely um uh my next love would have to be like beasts of chaos i'm really hot on um oh, i'm like really hot one. on beasts of chaos i absolutely love them and um i actually think that they've got all the tools that you need to be competitive but the um play style and the amount of thought you need to put into making that happen 
is um, quite extreme and off-putting. So um, uh, a large number of bodies, lots of ambushing, uh, oh, yeah. lots of MSU, um, debuffs. You, you've got everything you need there, but um, it is it is just mind-draining to to play them. So I really love Beasts of Chaos. Um, I've got an unpainted Slaves of Darkness army here coming up. Um, I'm I, I really do like Chaos guys. I'm I'm a Chaos is my I'm not sure if it's destruction or chaos is my first love, but um, and I've got another secret chaos project that I'm working on right now. Nice, my my active pro project, but I, I can't tell you what it is because um, uh, Rise of the Doom Bull, my friend that keeps killing me with feck. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is a big screw you to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, man. See, you see, Steve, I told you the beasts of chaos were pretty good. You got Michael here that's backing me up on well, that. Well, you know, it's funny when he was talking about the beastmen. It sounded like a conversation you and I had about a year ago. Right. Yeah. About exactly. how everyone, Michael, you need to understand here in in the states, like people, they rip on beasts of chaos so bad here. Yep. Like they just they despise them. And they and they think that this army is just not a functioning army right now. And Pat has been talking, you know, to the club since forever about how well they can do and how much thought it does take to put into them to make them a successful army. Yeah. And, and you know, what, Michael, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to after the show, I'm going to email you a list that I have with a little bit of a dissertation that right now. And, and Steve, you can back me up on this. I am currently, as we sit here, 26 and one with this particular Beasts of Chaos list. Right out of the book, no cheating, no goofiness. It's just the way that I've tied the list together. It's, it's I, I've, I'm, I've won to a staggering amount with this particular list. So, well, I'll be keen to keen to see the list and hear how it plays for sure. Yeah, and you and you got you got to put it on your show, man. I would absolutely love to see you play that the, the list I'm going to send you on your show one day. Or you know, well, well, what we'll do is we'll do a Age of Sigma unlocking um, Beast of Chaos, and um, you can come on and um, with your list and discuss it. Done, done. It's I, it, that is absolutely going to happen. But you know, to, to kind of keep uh, to kind of keep going on here before we get into the main points of the show, um, you know, Michael, there's a there's a great uh, AOS Shorts article featuring uh, you, I believe it was Adam Burt and Halo Twitch uh, mm -hmm. that I read a few, actually a few months back, um, and yep. Um, you know, Michael, you seem to be a real down-to-earth, good, humble guy. I mean, does it ever set you back to think that um, you're, you're such a positive impact on so many gamers out there in the world? Um, I feel a little bit awkward um, to sort of think about that sort of thing, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I guess, um, well, I guess that's great if I am. And, uh, and if you think I am, then that's really amazing. And um, thank you very much. Um, I just like to play Warhammer and, and I, I really like to make videos as well. And so, um, you know, that's what I like to do. And if other people enjoy them, then I'm really lucky, I guess, because they're, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, folks, for anybody that, that, uh, that, that wants to see or read that article, I'll post a link for it, uh, in the show notes, uh, here below, because it really is a fantastic read and the breakdown that Michael does, in the Maw Tribes book, uh, with with the other two gentlemen, um, it really is uh, it really is a is a great read. And of course, there's a video attached to that article that uh, um, that I, I recommend highly to everybody. But you know, Michael, what I'd like to like to do on tonight's show is really build on that awesome article about the Maw Tribes review, um, your your influence on the hobby, and expand that to the rest of the the Destruction Grand Alliance. Um, okay, let's go. Yeah, and and you know. I, 
you, you got honestly. I'm, I'm going to use one of your. Uh, I'm going I'm to sound like an idiot here, being being a, a, an American guy, but I'm going to use one of your Australian phrases here. But you're one of the most active blokes we've we've we we know in the community. Your battle reports are currently my favorite to watch, and and that's really no lie. Truly, they are. Um, but they're, yeah, they're... I love the ones with the ogres and the flesh eater courts. I just saw that one; that was good. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and there's a lot to like about your specific style of battle reports. And I would have to say that that one, there's a real humble element to your reports, and and, and it feels like you're telling a story to the viewers. Um, and two, you you keep it interesting with your explanations. And at points throughout the battle report video, when when you kind of stop and you explain things like you know what happened here or how did this work out here. Um, and three, most importantly, what I really think is great about what you do is all your YouTube proceeds go to charity. That that's really the best part. So yeah, yeah well, well, thank you. It's just some, something I started um, well, probably six months ago or so now, and uh, I guess I'm sort of at that stage in my life where um, you're looking to, you know, you sort of turn around, and you start saying, well, well, I, I'm doing all right. So what am I doing for everyone else around me, and and what's a way that I can um, try and make things better? And I guess. Um, the money I make from from YouTube is, um, oh, you know, say it's a hundred dollars a month, for example, and and for me, in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't um, make that much of a difference to my lifestyle. But a hundred dollars a month for other people and um, can go a real long way. So um, I thought it was a, a good way that communally, because um, I don't make any. Uh, the channel doesn't make any money if people don't watch it and don't enjoy it. And so if people are going to watch it and they're going to hit the thumbs up and things like that, well, uh, communally as a group, then we can do some good for someone else. So um, it was just sort of a, an area of my life that I personally wanted to improve on. Um, and uh, and so that's why we, we did that. Yeah. And, and I'm a big fan of, of supporting charities of, of all types. I mean, we here, uh, we support a charity through a tournament that we do every year, uh, Armed Forces Day tournament, where um, 100% of the proceeds goes towards our active duty troops. Um, and and uh, I also we also do other things that support the, the homeless. Um, but ironically enough, um, Michael, Steve, my co-host, he's also into charity. You know, he, he gives money to the topless. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that to you before. You know? So it's it's... We're all very charitable here on, on Way Grim to Dark kill Live. the conversation. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, do you want to, do, hey, Steve, do you want to name off any of those charities you give to? I mean, not all of them, not all of them are named charities. Some of them are Ginger, Epiphany, Mercedes. You know, they're not all charity. <laughs> Michael, if you, if you hang up, no one will against you. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Those people obviously need some uh, money to buy t-shirts and jumpers and things like that. that so that's quite right. the imagination. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, so not to give away any spoilers here, Michael, but, um, but speaking of the battle reports, you, you know, mm -hmm. you're joining us this evening, really coming off the heels and, and, and Steve just kind of mildly mentioned it. You're coming off the heels of your last battle report against the rise of the doom bull and his yep. flesh eater courts, you know, where, where, you know, obviously you played your ogre maw tribes. Um, you went back to the basics with that list and ran straight guts against them flesh eaters. Um, no spoilers here, but I got to tell you this. I think uh, had a couple of dice rolls gone your way heading into the third battle round, it'd have been a totally different game for sure. Yep, absolutely. And um, and that's Warhammer. You know, that's yeah. that's it. It's ultimately, you know, for all the, the tactics and the theory and, um, you know, as much as we like to think that, um, oh, you know, it's all about preparation and, and this sort of stuff. Uh, sometimes the dice rolls really do, you know, impact the game. It's a game of dice and um, they have a habit of swinging it. So you can have one critical combat, 
um, which will turn the game on a dime. You can have one critical initiative uh, or a critical save, a critical spell, any of those things. If they do or don't go off um, based off that dice roll, it can change the outcome completely. So um, uh, that's the exciting thing of Warhammer, and that's what makes it great, I think. Yeah, and, and that's why here on the show we say, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. That's uh, oh, yeah. that's something we yeah. definitely believe in. But folks, head over to Doom and Darkness YouTube page and, and watch that battle report. No spoilers here anymore on Grimdark Live. We're not going to push that envelope anymore. But but I will say uh, this is another great battle report yeah, by, by Doom is. here. Absolutely. Uh, so, Doom, uh, just set the table here again. And, and for all of our listeners um, that might have joined us a little bit late after the opening, um, what we're going to do here, I think, if, if it's okay with everybody else, you know, the, the basis of the conversation this evening uh, here on Grimdark Live is not to go through and review each faction in, in the Destruction Grand Alliance in down to the minutiae detail. Um, you, obviously, Mike, uh, on your own Doom and Darkness show, you've, you've done that well enough and, and, and much better than a couple of slugs like Steve and I could ever do, let me just say that. Um, and, and I think a conversation about the state of the factions and your thoughts and opinions on destruction and the Grand Alliance itself of destruction is something folks would, would actually like to hear about rather than to drag everybody through the, the, the textbook of, of each army in War Scroll. Well, that sounds awesome. Let's kick the tires, light the fires, and crack on. That is the phrase right there, man. You see, Steve, <laughs> we got to come up with a cool phrase like that. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. Here it is. I think we should start with the gloom spite, Steve. I know that you're chomping at the bits, man, to to, to really get into that, and I think that um, that would probably be a good place to start, right? Well, yeah, because it's it's the thing that introduced me to Doom's channel. Um, I love that Trogoth review. When I first, you know, when gloom spites first came out, I was I, I went online immediately to see, hey, you know, I wonder if anybody has any great ideas about starting a Trogoth army. And you put together this this fantastic eight-hour video where you compared the trolls, the different types of trolls, of which I agreed with almost 100% of it, especially on the Dankholds. But um, I think what's important is we focus on, I, I wanted to focus on that sub-faction and, and really kind of dig in a little bit, not, not for too long, but a little bit into the trolls and how you think that they hold up as an army today 
uh, you know, here we are almost, what, a year and a half later. How do you think the trolls exclusive? And when you say trolls, like when I think of a Trogoth army, um, I think of nothing but trolls. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't even include Gits in my own personal army. I have, um, I have just Trogoths in my army with just three little fungoid shamans. So I guess my question to you is when someone says like a troll army or wants to make a troll army, what do you think of when you see a troll army? Like how would you put yours together? Uh, so an all troll army, um, well, competitively, if I'm, if I'm going to think about an all troll army from a, an aspect of I want to make this army, all trolls take it to a Warhammer tournament and do really well with um my thoughts would be that that's not the right army to do that yeah, with agreed um the reason being is that the trolls can have high damage uh they can hit hard and they can also have um you know a pretty good anvil there with the rock guts um but if they're just purely trolls alone then they lack numbers they don't have the ogre counters two rule um they lack chaff and screens and um also you know aren't competing that heavily on the the magic front so uh, I, I guess always if I'm thinking of competitive army, you want to tick multiple of those boxes or overload on one aspect of um, of the game so heavily that your opponent just can't deal with it. And um, I don't think trolls necessarily do that, but I think you'll probably have more fun playing your troll army than most other people at the tournament, whether you win or lose. Um, and so that's what I, I what immediately when I think about a 100% Trogoth army, uh, that's sort of my my thoughts on that. Um, but I think you can blend it just a little bit and all of a sudden um, it becomes quite a viable army. Yeah, and it goes back to something Pat and I have talked about a lot when we talk about intent. Like, what do you intend to do with this army? I think I agree with you. If you go into playing a Trogoth army, an all-Trogoth army, with the intent that you understand that it's going to be a two and three, three and two army, and that you may get lucky with the occasional four and one. But, um, and I loved one of the things you said in your video, you, you were, you were very uh, upfront about it. And you said, if you're thinking of taking this, you know, to a, a grand tournament and winning the world, forget it. It's not going to happen. So I think it's important that um, playing the sub factions of any book, to tell you the truth, uh, that often it can be a vanity project. In other words, I just love the models. I just love having a Dankhold in my army, even though I know tactically he's probably the worst thing in the world to take. But um, no, I agree. I, I agree with you that uh, you have to have that chaff to make it um, to make it a successful army. And I do think that you can have like majority trolls and uh, screen them with Night Goblin like Stabas or something, and, and come up with a very a very good army. Yeah. Yep. No, that's how, I mean, that's sort of where I, I started off as a hundred percent troll army. And then, um, I mean, it's the, actually the army that I would take to one day tournaments and local tournaments where I'm, I'm playing for, for fun, uh, on my local scene. But I started to think, I said, listen, um, if I just have 20 grots and fanatics then, and then trolls with a two inch reach, will I have multiple different layers here of, um, of obstacles for my opponent. So the fanatics, uh, are the first wave of blocker and they've also got the uh, ASF so always strikes first so straight away you're into that game um, and potential for high damage as well and they can completely offset someone's whole turn 
So someone's planning, we're going to charge in here, destroy that unit, fanatics come out, and now they're just destroying the fanatics. So they're one whole turn behind where they normally want to be. Then after that, once they get into the screen of goblins, they're not only providing the bodies on an objective, but also the um, um, uh, the numbers to capture the uh, sorry the the screen for the trolls as well. Well, they go into those; they're automatically negative one to hit. Most of their damage is going to go into that unit of twenty, and the trolls have the ability to get drawn into combat and reach over the top and fight yeah. as well. And so, uh, to to break through that mini castle of fanatics, grots, and trolls um, is almost a two to three turn process um and the points investment to build that mini castle is quite small so one unit of three fell waters 20 grots and the fanatics is actually a um uh, a mini castle that can even keep a something like a good king on terrorgeist away for um you know maybe two turns just because of the sequence of how uh the interactions happen sure yeah. Because if those rock guts can get in on something like a terror geist, like striking from behind the goblins, they can, I mean, they can kill it in one round of combat if it's a big enough unit. Yeah, absolutely. Like six trolls or um, six trolls or uh, six rock guts are enough to put down most things in the game. And um, even just a unit of three fill waters, you know, four attacks each, um, can pump out anywhere from, you know, 12 to 20 damage. Uh, which is really quite amazing for just a, a small unit um, that's uh, quite cheap and has a negative one um, to hit built-in modifier. So, like, they're really quite cool. They're, the trolls themselves are really quite good. When I actually oh, think about are phenomenal, yeah, yeah. But but when I th when I think about um, so if you take a look at my most recent battle report where I'm playing an all gutbuster army, for example, um, if I do a direct comparison of um, my guts first, say the trolls. Actually, think the trolls are better. Uh, they're cheaper, um, and um, they do basically the same thing. The only difference is the base size, really. But I, I kind of think the the trolls, like I think uh, Gloomspite gets, can play a gutbuster style army better than what gutbusters can. To be honest, I would with agree. You. Yeah. yeah, you know, I really I like the way you put that, Michael. That was a that was a great way you put that because I I, I completely agree with that assessment you know and i think i think you know even with their two inch reach i'm not so sure that the the base size difference between the between the rock guts and the iron guts is that that big of a big well, of a deal the best thing about the two inch reach is that i don't ever have to worry about piling in my trolls yep. i mean i play I, I play nine man units of rock guts you can see on the screen there at least i had my uh, no, I, I, I put it. There. I put it back up there i snuck one in yeah. on you steve i, I mean, was i, uh, I was <laughs> i use nine man units and uh and they just they just demolish anything that they hit. Uh, that are that unit, if it strikes first, usually causes anywhere between twenty four to thirty wounds. So yeah. if I'm screening them with goblins, and like you said, something comes in and slaughters the goblins, those trolls pile in. I don't have to worry about you know piling into the side. They can just go straight forward because of that two inch reach. There and then the five up ward save. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times that has saved me in battles. And, you know, I know Pat, you'll attest to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, it's unreal. It's, it's, it's just, they basically have the daughter of Cain after save anywhere on the table. And that's what I think makes them so valuable. Yep. Absolutely. The minus two renders well is really significant oh, uh, just yeah. to have that uh, across your whole army or where you need it on demand is um, really, really strong. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the Dankhold Trogoth as both 
I mean, I know as a model, it's a, it's a gorgeous model, but um, what are your thoughts on it as a unit in the game? Well, uh, full disclosure, I've never actually ran it in the game. Um, but when I look at it on paper, I think it's too expensive for its points. Yep. Um, if I math hammer it and I, um, you know, work out average damage and things like that, then uh, that's quite low and uh, it makes me not want to run it. However, the um, crushing grip um, is really powerful. It's a really, yeah. really powerful tool. Um, in a game, I mean, this was with my Trog boss, um, but in a game recently, like he just crushed a Yeti out of the line, yeah. And then the other, and then the other half had to get taken away because of um, Battleshock. Yep. And, and that's um, truly their best ability, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. And but, but I think the spike damage on them um, can be really good. Like you, you just have to understand going into it that you're not playing this unit to get average of seven damage per round out of it you're going into it really hoping for that crush and grip and also hoping that you get that yeah. spike damage and just got to make sure you're not disappointed when he does very little damage because um, that's the very nature of the unit. So I've been looking at them more and more. I've even been looking at them as a um, uh, an ally for my gut busters. Um, there's been several times where I've wanted to put something like a giant into my army um, and the dank hold is better but uh, he's just still a little bit too high, I think. What do you think he should be point costed at? I would say what, one sixty, uh, or even lower? Do you think? Because I totally agree with you. He is not worth the. I mean, I take him because I just love the model, and I have to have him in an all troll army just, yeah, you know, for the goof. But I don't think he's worth two hundred points. Uh, I've floated between one forty, one sixty. What do you? What do? You, what are your thoughts on that? Well, he, he his nearest comparison model has to be the Al Gazler Gargan, who's currently one sixty. Okay. And and um, and so I would probably want to see him around one sixty. Um, you could go to one twenty, one twenty, one sixty. I mean, one sixty is far more attractive. Um, but I would possibly run him at 180, 160. I would be like trying to fit one in wherever I could. Yeah. And just because of the line breaker ability, I agree. Yeah. So what, um, when we talk about the gloom spite gets, where do you see them in the grand scheme of armies today? As we wrap up this gloom spite conversation, where do you think they rank? as an army today uh, if we're going on a scale of one to ten oh i, I actually think gloom spite are really great i think gloom spite are um uh not utilized to their full potential in tournaments at the moment uh for a number of different reasons but i would put them at a like if i was going to say a power level out of 10 i'd actually put them at a seven or an eight now when i do that i'm not talking about um trolls unfortunately I'm really talking about uh, goblin spam, heavy magic, yeah. heavy debuffs, and um, yeah, board and objective control. Oh God, trolls! I would put what I, I would put them in a three or a four. In yeah, their, you know. Yeah, but if you look at if, if if you're going to take gloom spite and and apply them in a tournament scene and try and make them as competitive as possible, you know, mass goblins are really hard to deal with and. Um, their damage output is actually quite high. Once they start uh, getting the mortal wounds off and things like that from the loon boss, they can uh, grind through uh, a lot more units than you'd expect. 
So you get them on the objective. They're extremely hard to budge. You can shut down a lot of everything that your opponent is doing. Um, the fanatics the and the negatives to hit sort of do that, um, and the strong magic as well. And then it's just a whole heap of bodies that you have to try and grind through to win. The problem is, is if if you can outdrop them, get on the objectives first, and then keep them um, keep them off, then often you can get up on points before they can slowly grind you off and you'll win. The real problem with the army is that most people I've seen that take Gloom Spite uh, with a heavy heavy goblin build to tournaments is playing to time. Um, the the games generally go quite long. Uh, you don't make all five turns, and it um, is not a very pleasant experience for both you and your opponent. Plus, pushing and moving all those models around, um, oh, you know, it, yeah. it really weeds out the number of people that are going to want to do that. But there have been some players in Australia that have um, consistently taken them and done quite well. But it that run will last for two or three tournaments, and then it's like, listen, I'm sick of playing this army. Too many models, too much time, and too much of that um, debuffy feel. You know, you, you don't want to be playing an army that just stops what your opponent is doing all the time, because then your opponent's not having any fun. And if you're playing a game of Warhammer where only one person's having fun, then it's generally just not fun for for either person. Yeah. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, Dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Before we move on to the Orc, uh, orc lands, let me just kind of sum up my thought real quick on the Gloom Spite, because Michael, I'd like to hear you know, if you think I'm right on that or if I'm way off base, and then kind of tie together what I listened to both of you guys talk about. Um, to me, the, the Gits, if I can still call them that, the Gloom Spite Army, um, are, are made up of so many different units that there, that there's possibly, uh, or I should say a possibility, really, of, of only collecting Gloom Spite Gits that can make what feels to be three to four different armies. Um, you know, you, uh, it's just a mix of a, of, of, of a bunch of different stuff because we, we didn't even bring up the Squigs uh, or the well, Spiders. You can, you, you, you can run Spiders, like Spider Army, Squig Army, Troll Army, goblin army or three yeah, different so armies versatile. yeah three different types of army that are any mixture of those yeah so yeah yeah i would agree and the I mean, nice thing about the gloom spikes too is that if you get bored with one of the factions you can always go to one of the others I, you know pat and i have talked about this probably a million times that 
you can't get bored with bloom spikes. No. If you're tired of the goblins, go to the spiders or go to the trolls or go to the squigs. I mean, there's so many ways you can play that army that you could literally spend two to three years building and playing the different factions in that book. Yep, yeah, completely. Yeah, and, and I think I think because of all the options, it's really hard to say that the gloom spike gets our this or that as far as an army. Oh you know? no. Um, I mean, you've got you've got access to massive amounts of buffs and debuffs, uh, two plus uh, attack and stacking, negative one to hit uh, on your opponent, all these different abilities and, and buffs. Um, they're 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 a darn good magic type army. I mean, access to two lores. Uh, faction, fungoid uh, cave shaman, yeah, malign phenomenal. sorcery, endless spells. I mean, yeah, and I would have to say, going back to that, the, the the fungoid cave shaman is probably in the top three best mages in the game, and and with them in your army, you have a four plus chance of gaining an extra command point. So that's why I take them. <laughs> I mean, do, Michael, do you run the fungoids? Yep, absolutely. I run uh, two of those. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're 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 definitely a must-have. As a matter of fact, I'm allying them in in one of my gutbuster and one of my Mautri builds. So, yeah, I'm the same. I've I've my Stonehorn build. Um, I've made some changes and I've got a fungoid in there now. Okay. All right. Well, good stuff. Anything anything to talk about for the gloom spites, or are we ready to move on to the next army here in our destruction topic, which is the Orc War Clans? Yeah, let's talk some orcs. All right. Yep. So here it is. Uh, we got uh, we got the orcs. So I guess you know this is this is Steve. This is really kind of still your realm here, buddy. Um, and 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 obviously, Michael, you guys know how I just know how to play against orcs. <laughs> if you want to know yeah, the truth. Yeah, I mean, the the orcs are just an absolutely phenomenal army, and I think that the new book just made them better. Um, but what's so funny is, and I know it's it's kind of going off topic a little bit, but what happened to Drakfoot? Everyone was so terrified of this Drakfoot, this uh, Drakfoot army, and now I don't see a single person playing them. What was what was the big deal about them, in your opinion, Michael? Why were people so afraid of the Drakfoot? Well, I guess um, uh, at the time we were seeing Phoenix Guard were just on the rise um, because of Cities of Sigma being released at the same time, and um, everyone was. Uh, I guess people still had the specter of. Um, uh, Nighthawk and things like that in their in their mind, but it was a little bit of a false a false fear. Um, you know, it, Drakwood doesn't matter to yeah. uh, Nighthawk because they don't have any rend, right? So ignoring the ethereal when you don't have really any rend uh, isn't that significant. And then it was ruled that um, uh, the ethereal amulet uh, isn't affected either, so you can't you know big stabber that ethereal vampire lord on on zombie dragon. Sure. Um, so I think it was a a bit of a hullabaloo um, about Drakfoot, to be honest with you, but um, it is still very powerful and um, it is still significant. Um, and you'll probably find that that ability will, well, that tribe will, that tribe's ability will have um, a considerable a considerable effect over a, a five-game tournament. But um, I think the strength of Greenskins uh, isn't just solely in the drag foot. It mainly, it mainly comes from their strength of numbers, their speed, and their yep. ability to combo buffs to get them to, you know, almost Daughters of Cain-like levels of murder. Oh, yeah. Um, when you think of the Kirk Orc War Clans, uh, do you think Big Wah? Is that what you're going with? 
Yeah, if I'm if I'm thinking purely what would be, in my opinion, the best army to uh, win tournaments with as Auric Warclans, it is Big War uh, because you really get the best of both worlds. Um, but I still think that Iron Jaws, Iron Suns can be particularly uh, difficult to deal with for some armies. Um, Pure green skins is ferocious and a good experienced player with them can do really, really well as well. I am well. so happy you just said that. I am so yep. happy yep. you just said that. I, I, yep. I missed the green skin something fierce, but I'm in the minority, I guess. So thank you. No, there are people like um, Pete Atkinson here in Australia, uh, Plastic Craig on Twitter. He has a blog as well. Um, and he pilots them like a boss. He's been playing them for the last two years or so. And um, it's really just about understanding uh, your ranges and how far your units can go and um, which round you need to be stacking your buffs onto which unit. And, um, wow, he, he he has absolutely pulverized my Skaven before. Yeah, he'll regularly go take that army and go four and one at a tournament. Like if I see him taking that army at, uh, at a tournament, I just go four and one straight away. Pure, um, and pure that's green pure, skins. Pure green, yep, pure green skins, yep. Wow. You know, Stephen, I, I don't mean to, to cut in here, but I, I want to kind of back something up real quick because, you know, maybe I'm going to sound like an ignorant cuss, but, but Michael, I'd like, to, I'd like to have you tell me if I'm out of my mind or not, and Steve do the same, I guess. But the, I want to go back to the big wah as far okay. as a competitive build. And this got me thinking, Steve, when I heard you ask Michael this. Um, you know, the, 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 the big wah option to me, my opinion, it, it, it feels – and, again, I'm going from the standpoint of always playing against – Orc war clans. I, I don't. I don't currently own an army. My my son actually plays them, um, and I think I think the Orc war clan book is an interesting battle tome and army to me. And I think because I play ogre maw tribes, that's why I don't play Orc war clans. I, I feel I already have that. But at any rate, the the great wa option to me, in my opinion, feels a bit hollow, being that it's only one of three ways to play the game or play that army, and the the coolness of it is is due to you. I guess being able to mix any old orc uh, list in the army. It, it also, to me, it, it lacks, what am I trying to say here? It lacks a, a, a bit of an identity, having no command traits or relics of its own. And um, in many ways, the, the Great Wah abilities, to me, just seem like they're cherry-picked or taken from other armies um, or, or, or being, you know, like your, your typical boring plus ones to hit or wound. It, I mean, it's still an efficient choice for those who, who don't want to uh, pick just one type of orc, I guess, overall. Like if you want to play, um, can you play green skins, just your, your, your regular green skins with, uh, with the bone splitters and the iron jaws? I'm not even sure. But at any rate, that, that, that's my two cents. I mean, am I out of line, Doom, by saying that? Uh, I would agree that they lack a sense of identity. I mean, when you mix the Savage Orcs or the Bone Splitters with the Iron Jaws, yeah. you don't have a very cohesive force aesthetically. And um, and from a lore perspective, both of them, I mean, they both uh, have wire energy and that sort of stuff, but they both come from very different um, like uh, areas. You know what I mean? Like they both have very different focus right. and very different lore behind them as well. So... Um, mashing those two units together and then um, taking basically the rules from both factions and blending them. Um, I, I agree with you, um, but if you if you if that's not your focus or you don't particularly care about that, then um, you know go with Big Wire and, and get those sweet rules. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah you it's know. just an amalgam of of the different greenskin tribes. It, it basically represents when the orcs are on the warpath, like yeah. when they when they are moving across the countryside and they're and they're starting to form, obviously, a big wa. Right. Yeah. And every so, single every single tribe is has joined exactly. the wa. All but, are all are being called to the banner. But let me go back to this. I mean, while we're on this part of the topic, and I and I, I completely hijacked your guys' conversation. So uh, you know, but the, the old Greenskins were moved to Warhammer Legends, which you know reduced, in my opinion, an already small collection down significantly of as far as orcs go. But you know, can you still play Greenskins in a big WoW list? Are they not in the book? They're not in the book. No, but they have. Yeah. No. Okay, so so you wouldn't be able to even take rank and file green skins in that list well i don't think you would want to i mean there's so many better choices that you could take with what's available right now i mean i don't know what do you think doom Mm. yeah i mean apart from you know the um uh the boss on the ball with his banner which is a bit of sort of side tech that you might um incorporate into your army apart from that uh there's really not that much need to do that um to be honest with you so I guess there's always the argument of what if you're an, an old fantasy player, you still have this big collection and um, you want to use it in the army. Um, uh, well, that's unfortunate. Um, it's all I can really say to that sort of situation. So, I mean, greenskins, I don't think really have a, a real place in the army. Um, I'm sure some um, hipster lips, uh, list builder out there could uh, come up with some cool tech or uses for them in the army, but um for the most part, you you don't need them, and um, and for my personal tastes, I, I don't really like them that much either. Yeah. Okay. What are you seeing a lot of over in Australia? Is it the double cat uh, double cabbage build? No. Um, mostly, it's a blend of. Um, so shout out to Joel Graham here, who um, before the COVID shutdown, uh, won Summer Smash with Big Wah and then came second at my own tournament I host here, SAGT. Oh, wow. um, and the difference between him being first or second was actually one paint point. So um, he essentially, you know, won the tournament as well. Um, and he really just has a a, a blend of um, of savage orcs and iron jaws, uh, mostly using you know pigs and um, pigs, ard boys, and then savage orcs. Um, all of the savage orc priests and um, and casters are really really good. The war chanter is obviously really really good. And um, then you put in one more crusher or a rogue idol. You could really um, put those in because uh, they both perform a similar role. I think the more crusher is better. But um, army like that, he has a combination of uh, bodies uh, for objective holding, for screening. He has um, resilience just in the sheer number of wounds because an army like that is, is you know, 160 plus wounds. Wow. Um, he has speed by stacking buffs um, from the spells so he can buff up a unit and, you know, send it across the board to, to take objectives. And you have um, real high damage in, you know, gore grunters that hit on twos, wound on twos, and, um, um, uh, and do damage too on all of their attacks. So they can really, really just apply what they need where they need to. Um, and it's quite easy with Auric Warclands to get all the most significant buffs that you need turn one. So turn one in your turn, you're, you're where you need to be straight away. Um, so it really is a very versatile, fast, hard-hitting army yeah. uh, that gives you lots of tools. So it's a toolbox army. And um, if you play that well, uh, then they're... 
there aren't many other armies out there that um, can completely overwhelm that in any one area of, of the game. And so they, they generally perform quite well. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't hide from them. They're on you by turn two. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if not turn one, yeah. Exactly. So you're not hiding from them. You're not avoiding them in any way. The, the best you could hope for is that you have an army that has enough chaff to stop that initial charge because they're coming. And that's the, I think that's what's so significant about the Oryx is that, you know, for an army that in the past used to be a relatively slow army, uh, now they're on you by turn one or turn two. And nine times out of ten, you're finished if you don't have a good game plan. Yeah, one of the key things is the ability to move the buffs around to the different units as you need them, combined with the Auric War Clan's um, natural buffs across the whole army. So if I look at um, my Moor Tribes, for example, and I'm fighting, let's say, the Flesh Eater Courts, I look at it and I say, if I, in order for me to kill that Terror Geist, I have to charge it with my one big unit, right? My big killer unit, my big uh, hammer that I've got that I've built into my army, I have to get that charge because nothing else in my army can kill it. With Auric Walklands, um, you can be, you look at the matchup, and you say, I know his Terror Geist is going to kill this unit, um, but in the next turn, I can switch all my buffs to this other unit and it becomes equally as killy and off it goes. So even if you lose uh, a, a unit that might be critical in other armies, you switch those buffs to a different location and you've got your hammer back again. So that's one of the, the fantastic things about... Um, about Auric Warclans is in that trade-off of I lose a unit, you lose a unit. Um, if you lose a critical piece, if I lose a critical piece, I can replace it. If you lose a critical piece, well, your hammer's gone for the rest of the game. Yep. So, um, you know, that's one of the, the cool things they do really well. Where do you think they stack up in, in the current schedule of or in the current lineup of armies? A solid I think, eight or nine? Yeah, I think they're a top, top army. If you take Auric Warclans and... You play the 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 like I think they're the number one destruction army um, in the meta at the moment. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question. I, I know we're we're, we're going to be moving into uh, the ogre maw tribes here, um, but if we if we take if we take the the, the, the three main armies right now in destruction, in, in, excluding right now the sons of Behemoth because they're not officially out yet. Um, how would you rank? Who would you say is the best, the second best, and, and the least best as far as armies as a whole, regardless of build? However, the best player would make the best list. Hmm. I think it's hard to do if you say regardless of build. Um, but so if we were to do it with build, considered because we, we really have to think, um, okay, in, well, and this is in my opinion, in my opinion, the best um, Oric army is Oric Walk, is. Um, uh, the big war, right? Yeah. I think that's the, the best. I think the best gloom spite army, uh, as far as competitiveness, is the gits, um, the grot spam. And then I think the best uh, ogre more tribes army competitively is the stonehorn build. And so if I take those three best builds, well, you know, in my opinion, those three best builds, and I then rank them, um, I, st I think it's I think it's going to be Auric Walklands, probably Gloom Spite, and then Stonehorns. Yep, I would agree. Gotcha. Yep. Well, here in a little bit, I'm going to have to, uh, we're, we're going to get into this, but I, I got a, I got a Nobbler army I'm going to explain to you. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, I run Please a... don't. <laughs> no, 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 this is a good one. And, 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 and Doom, don't listen to Steve. He's been drinking. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> 
I run, I, I run, I run three hundred nobblers. Okay, you're a man. Not joking, by the way. So we'll get into we'll get into that beautiful thing. Yeah. Nobblers are the yeah. greatest unit we'll in the game, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't want Doom to get you know to want to to leave the show already. So let's so anything else to wrap up on the orcs before we get into the uh, the ogre maw tribes. No, I think I think the orcs are in a really good place, um, yep. and I think they're in a really good place not just uh, as big war, but I think they're in a good place with bone splitters and also a, a good place with iron jaws. Um, some things in iron jaws we didn't talk about the the iron jaws that much, but um, you know things like the iron suns and you having an ability to uh, charge at the end of your opponent's charge phase is extremely powerful and extremely difficult to for your opponent to deal with. Yeah. Um, against a lot of armies, Iron Jaws can simply run across the table and just take almost you know, most of the army off. And um, if you haven't bu- built your army to deal with that or counter it, um, you have a real hard time when you come up against Iron Jaws. So uh, I think people can take just pure Iron Jaws and still be uh, competitive, you know, in uh, commerce. Um, I think people can take bone splitters and be competitive in commerce. And I think people can take um, uh, uh, big war and be really competitive. What so, are your thoughts on brutes now real quick as we wrap them up? What are, you, what are your thoughts on brutes? I don't think you really need them. Um, I don't think you really need them. Mainly just because they're still good. They can still pump out some damage, especially when buffed. Uh, they're probably just a little bit too slow. I think that um, Ard Boys can do the same job, but yeah. with more bodies. Um, and uh, I think that um, Pigs, so you really want Pigs and Ard Boys and uh, more Crusher for the most part. Um, but if you're like a cool hipster and you're a, an Iron Jaws purist, then you're probably not even taking a, a, a more Crusher, to be honest with you. But um, um, yeah, that's I, I, Brutes are good, but I just don't think you you really need them. Yeah. Michael, yeah, you literally just described my 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 son's orc orc clan army. It, it's it's funny. I'm I'm he's definitely. I'm going to make him listen to this segment because uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, he doesn't run brutes at all. He he runs he runs our boys, pigs, uh, maw crusher. You don't need him. No, but you know, I, I I I to be honest with you guys, I thought he was crazy when he said, "Oh no, Dad, I'm not running those things." I was like, "Yeah, but they're the big mean ones." He's like, "Nah, I'm not doing it." And sure enough, I mean, uh, he and I here we we play here in the nerd bunker. Um, and uh, I got to tell you, I've 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 had fits playing my Maw Tribe against that thing, uh, trying to beat that army. We've had some great great slobber knocker fights, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it, not uh, that excellent. Yeah, but you're spot on with that with that, Mike. Absolutely. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live experience and the show. If you want to support the show, please like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on our podcast. This way, you'll be alerted when we post new content. If you'd like to support Grimdark Live further, head over to GrimdarkLive.com, get a t-shirt, dice, or there's Patreon, which makes our show possible. Keeps our mics on and the lights buzzing. Big thanks to everyone, past, present, and future, who have supported Grimdark Live. We do this because of all of you, and of course, we will continue doing this for as long as we can. Okay. You guys ready for more Grimdark Live? Let's get back to the show. So, all right, let's uh, let, let's let's move on here to the Ogre Maw Tribes. Now, this obviously, Mike, this is going to be like a walk in the park for you, man. This will be like nothing for you to talk about these guys. But Doom, before we 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 get into talking about the Maw Tribes, I, I wanted to share a, a really quick story about a person that we actually both know, uh, and that's okay. and that's Christian Weir. 
Oh yeah, he's yeah. a great friend of mine. Well, you know, I got to tell you, he, I know that he was on on your, your one of your battle reports, I believe, about a year ago, and and he was playing his Phoenix Temple list at that time. And Christian is one of the nicest guys I know. Um, yep. He he's the definition of a good guy and and a heck of a gamer. Uh, honestly, I, I met Christian probably three years ago now. And, and we've been at a lot of tournaments together and, and whenever we see each other, we're always, you know, laughing and carrying on. And he's, uh, uh, he's a, he's a really good guy, but, but the, the story relates to actually my return to ogres. Um, you see Christian and I, we, we were at a store event, uh, I believe it was in the summer of 2018. Um, and I was talking about how I wish I had kept my ogres. I, I had sold them all at that time. Uh, and I stated that I had intended on repurchasing ogres in the near future. And yep. the tournament, uh, it went on. It was a one-day, three-game team tournament. And at the end of the tournament, Christian gave me for free his ogres. And he said, here, now you don't, you know, you don't have to worry about buying them anymore, mate. You know, go ahead and, and, and get going with them. And that yep. absolutely bowled me over. It was 1,000 points of ogres because it, it was a team tournament. Everyone was playing 1,000 points apiece. Uh, and I've never forgotten that. And, and yeah. have been friends with him since. Great guy. Uh, Christian, if you're listening, thanks for being one of the best, bud, honestly. So I wanted to share that with you as somebody that we both know. Yeah, Christian is one of the most genuine and kinder souls that I've ever met. And um, uh, I have a real special place in my life and my Warhammer sort of uh, scene for Christian. Like, I, I cannot stress how much I love that man. So um, no, he, he's a really good person. And, and if you know him and have him in your life, then I think, I think you're blessed. I, I completely, absolutely agree. So, so good stuff, man. And, and uh, so let's, let's get rolling on with the, uh, with the Ogre Maw tribe, but Christian, great guy. Um, you know, and, and Doom, I'm going to say it to you like this, you know, before the Battle Tome Ogres uh, came out, they were more of an outlier army, especially the Gutbusters, um, because we already had Beast Claw Raiders already. You know, we we had that we had that Battle Tome, and that was that was actually my deep dive back into Ogres, if you will, were the were the Beast Claw Raiders. I mean, I love anything that's a big stompy monster, big stompy robot. I don't really play 40k, but I own a t and I'm going to say a realistic number. I think I own 26 Imperial Knights. Um, long yeah. story about how that happened, but big, big stompy robots. I really love the, the big stompy, uh, you know, thunder tusks and stone horns. Um, the army really only, uh, saw one new model for the release when the Maw tribe book came out, not counting the, the, the train piece, which while not, you know, unusual, wasn't, you know, to me, wasn't terribly encouraging at that time, because of course I, I'm, I'm mostly a, um, a Beast Claw Raiders player at this point, although I am currently building up my, my gut buster force. As a matter of fact, um, this is one of my, uh, I don't know if you can see it on the screen or not, but this is one of my builds of one of my armies that I have up here now. Uh, it's a 2000 point, you know, Beast Claw Raider list. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been, it's been pretty good to me, you know, of course, that's, you know, that's a good, that's a good build. I can see it. I know yeah. exactly what it is, and it's good a good army. Yeah, and um, and and you know what I what I what I will say about this, and one of the things I learned from playing Beasts of Chaos, is when you play Ogre Ogre Maw Tribe, let's just say, or or specifically Beast Claw Raiders, they're a very unforgiving army. You know, you make a mistake with that army, you're gonna pay for it two or three times over, and you you, yeah. you know how it goes. Like Stormcast, you can make a few mistakes and you can recover fairly easily. Um, with these guys here, though, you, you pay for everything, low model count and everything that works against you. Um, 
And, and at first I was presented with the, when I was first presented with the Maw tribes as a new army, I, I fell into the trap of immediately being discontented with them. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, Haywo did a battle tome review at, at, at the time. Um, he was real salty about the, the, the army. Um, and you always had a real positive spin on it. And I wish I would have listened to you earlier on. And I'm not saying that, that what Haywo said was wrong because he's, he's a brilliant guy himself. Um, but he was salty about the army and, and the many disconnects that, that really are still there in the battle tome. But I think, I think almost like, you know, Doom, if, if you, if you were to combine gaming and bitching in a bottle and sell it, you'd be a millionaire. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to complain about anything. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of disconnects in the battle tome. Like for instance, you know, Beast Claw Raiders get a maw pot that they very rarely will ever use um, because you're generally not going to have your hero within six inches of it. So there are some things that that I think come around as some some disconnects if you're not careful with with the army. But you've seemed to have gotten the recipe down where you've had a good amount of success with them. I mean, what what are some of the things if you were to describe your experiences with the Ogre Maw tribes to uh, anybody, new player, old player? I mean, what would be the, what would be your secret sauce? How you how you approach the army? Well, I always say with uh, ogres, you play the army if you enjoy seeing big things happen on the tabletop. So if you want to see a relatively small unit go attack your enemy and do a big amount of damage, you want to watch things explode, then ogres are good for you. And if, if, if that's the thing you get out of playing Warhammer the most, you enjoy the experience of different things occurring on the tabletop, then ogres win or lose are really, really good for that, right? Because yeah. the stone horns, they do charge across the table and, well, they don't always do a lot of damage, but when they do, they do a ton of damage. They do, and you, yeah. And you feel awesome. Or when your big unit of iron guts just absolutely chop a, a terrorgeist or something like that to pieces, you're like, wow, that was great. They just cut the dragon apart. Yeah, you know, damage three, watch these dice explode. And so if if that's the aspect of Warhammer, and, it, and it's important that people um look inwards on themselves as to why they play warhammer and what actual aspect when they're playing the game with your opponent what part of the game am i enjoying the most because is it really the banter with me and my opponent and i'm just playing and, and the social aspect is the biggest thing is it like the feeling i get when when one of my units does a big thing or is it really just like conquering my opponent and drinking his tears um you sort of really <laughs> yeah. you, you just need to sort of pay attention to what aspects really bring you the most enjoyment and then i think lean into those um and then sometimes some of the things like how competitive in an army can kind of take you know uh, less of an important role in your decision making but i always say to, to ogre to people who are looking at getting to ogres if you want to play a fun army that it really has quite simple mechanics so they're not complex there are no complex interactions here it's pretty straightforward and it does big things that's enjoyable then ogres are for you um but my relationship with ogres is really quite complex. And um, uh, before I sort of start talking about it more in detail, because I will not shut up. Um, please, man, I kinda, please. I, I kind of want to hear what Steve has to say and what his thoughts are on him first, because um, uh, otherwise, you know, I'll just go to the cows come home. <laughs> All right. Boy, Pat, you, you, you found a, a, a soulmate here in your home. <laughs> Steve, I'm moving to Australia, buddy. I just want to let you know. <laughs> Yeah, I love the ogres. Um, I love anything destruction. I think that most most destruction players play destruction because they want to play big monsters and they want to play Godzilla. You know, um, 
I can say that Pat and I come from that generation. You know, we talked about this a couple shows ago. Um, we talked about our generation grew up with the Godzilla, the monster movies. We love the big stomping monsters. And so I think that ogres are the perfect army for that type of player. Or if you're a maniac like me, you'll play trolls. But I think that they're a great army right now and that a lot of people underestimate them. Uh, and I think that they can actually be a tournament winning army. I don't think for one moment that ogres are um, as bad as people have said they are. And so what I usually do is I, I'll listen to people like you, Doom. You know, I'll listen to your show. And then you see what a professional player can do with an ogre army. And they can be devastating. Remember, these are four wound models that have damage too. They're not chumps. And a unit of gluttons can do a hell of a lot of damage on the charge. So I love the ogres. I love most of destruction. Um, but I think the ogres are a great army right now. And I think they're definitely a competitive army with the right general. Hmm. So, so what I'll say is that um, the first thing I'll address is the overall power level of ogres because um, uh, some people initially have said that, you know, they're not very good. Um, yeah. Uh, like people like Haywo, for example, who are really frustrated at some of the, um, the nombos in the book, you know, the, the things you wish you could do and seemingly uh, would want to do which the book has been written in a way that streamlines you out of being able to do that. Um, and it's really, really frustrating. And, and to be honest with you, I, I agree with Haywo on every single one of his points about how the book was constructed and the actual design of it. Um, now, that doesn't have any bearing on the overall power. AOS Shorts um, has uh, gone through and compiled all the different uh, winning lists from at all the most recent different tournaments. So he's gone through all of the ogres and he's got all the ogre lists, which top 10 at, you know, various different tournaments since the books come out. And um, for the most part, so there are lots of them. There are lots of ogre players that have top 10 or even podiums with, um, with the book. And um, more of them are a Stonehorn build, uh, Boulder Head then uh, a ogre blood Goller army but they're the two combinations that we see rising to the top so far yeah. so Stonehorn, and i see yep. you run a lot of boulderhead and blood Gullet in all of your battle reports that seems to be your go-to and of course i, I, I agree with you the army that he played uh against the um flesh eater you actually I mean, didn't have that. a uh, a tribe in that list though right yeah that was blood Gullet. that's a blood Gullet army. oh okay in, in the most recent army. i loved it in, in yeah. oh so that's blood Gullet, the one in, in the most recent battle report against flesh eaters right yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Because um, I know I know you've also played Underguts a, a few times, and um, I don't see a lot of Thunderbellies. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't see a lot of Winterbite, and I really don't see a lot of Thunderbelly Maw Tribe as far as the the, the tribes are concerned. I think those uh, people kind of kind of stay away from. And I think as far as um, the the Meat Fist, that's just completely avoided. At least here in in, in this local gaming area around here. Some yeah, of the no other ogre players that I know, they, they avoid Meat Fist like uh, the plague. Yeah, I mean, there are, are three good factions and three not-so-good factions. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, you think about how often you actually get to play 
a real game of Warhammer against your friends, you kind of, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. And that's probably if you play like quite a bit. Um, And so by the time you paint up all your models, you assemble your list and then you drive around an hour or whatever it is to your friend's house, you have a three or four hour game. You sometimes don't want to risk just running those perceived suboptimal builds um, and just going, yeah, everyone was right. This is trash. And I've just wasted four hours of my, my, my both mine and my opponent's t- uh, time because I've brought something that was never really going to compete. Exactly. Uh, my, my friend Rise of the Doom Bull, um, he used to run uh, four Thunder Tusks before the new Battle Tome. That was his army, uh, Thunder Tusks and Yetis. And so he has committed himself to trying to make something, make the best of Winter Bite that he possibly can. So, It'll be interesting to see over the next few months um, where his army evolves and where it ends up as an optimal winter bite and how how competitive that is. I don't think it is, but um, but it should be sort of mid 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 tier, mid table sort of power level. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me let me interject here on on the Thunder Tusk because I'm a big defender of the Thunder Tusk and I think Rise of the Doombull and I are cut from the same cloth because right. I love to hear that he's putting his Thunder Tusks out on the table because I'll admit it to you, Doom. I'll admit it to you right now that I was that guy, and I'm doing the the, the, the finger quotations right now. I'm, I'm that guy. Um, a couple of years ago, I ran the four Thunder Tusk list, three Huskards uh, and, a, and a Thunder Tusk Beast Rider <laughs> list, where, you know, back then it was just two plus six mortal wounds as an, as, yeah. as an ability, the, the dirty snowball, as, as we call it. And, you made a um, lot of friends with that list. Oh, man. gosh, I'm still getting death threats, Doom. I really am. I'm still getting <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I was one of the few that liked to see the change as far as what they did with the Thunder Tusks, but I, I, but, and, and only because they gained the Avagar Ancient. Because, yeah. in a sense, in my opinion, what, what has happened is the Thunder Tusk now has become a delivery piece for your other more to, to your other hurt locker type units like like let's say if you allied in some uh, rock uh, trogoths and let's say you or, or you utilized uh, to, to keep your trog to keep your um your your um thunder tusk behind say a unit of of course obviously this would have to be a um a huskard or a frost lord on the thunder tusk to, to get that mount trait but to have them behind the like a unit of iron guts and um obviously michael you you know what that what that mount trait does it it prevents your opponent from um, it, it, they they basically got to hit last. In, in other yeah, words, yeah, always always strikes last aura within three inches. Yeah, so so you you deliver that you put a, a unit of, of of iron guts, and we all know what kind of nasty bit of business those guys can do. You put them in front of your thunder tusk with Avagar Ancient on there, and you go up against pick a unit. You're you be, even between the, the 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 horn attacks, which are fairly minimal, because what I love about the Avagar Ancient is as long as the the model didn't charge well you're not you're not charging a thunder tusk you know they're 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 pillow they're, they're pillow fisted they they don't they don't do much but i'm a big defender in in thunder tusks because i think if they're used in the right application they're as sure. lethal as they ever were and i think uh like rise of the doom bull i'm going to give him all the props i can because if he's putting them in a winter bite list where they still have that 18 inch shooting attack and winter bite gives you that um the the, the fog that i can't I'm, I'm drawing a blank of the ghost in the blizzard type of um where, where you can you get the negative one to hit while you're in your own yep. territory um yep. that is that's a brilliant that could be i should say a brilliant build as long as he has something in front of those thunder tusks that are going to are going to you know like i said have the thunder tusk be that delivery piece for whatever whatever fighty unit you want to put in there. 
So yes, so so let's talk about thunder tusks. Um, I I am beginning to believe that there is a real role for thunder tusks in uh, a lot of different armies. And if you have a look at the army that I ran against the um, Slanesh player, which is uh, Skull Battalion with the cats for both um, screens and objective grabbers, and then um, stone horns for the the power punch, uh, always in that style army mm -hmm. i need a unit to keep back to hold my home objective uh you can leave two cats back there but most things can take them off and i can't afford to leave a stone horn which needs to be out killing things um back there right it's just it's just a wasted stone horn yeah and so and so in that sort of instance i'm actually thinking well uh a stone uh uh Alvgar, an Alvgar ancient thunder task is actually not a bad idea it's relatively cheap i can still take the stone horns for the like do i need a husk guard on stone horn uh if i'm not running the your bad or jaw bad no i don't right no, so no, I, don't. It, but but if i've got the points for him i may as well replace him with a thunder tusk he's my keep back it gives me some shooting the thunder tusk is built in minus one to hit and always strikes last you can't just send a, a 10 man unit of canary heart renders or something like that to kill a thunder tusk the thunder tusk still win that fight every single time mm -hmm. and so and so i'm starting to think okay there's a role there for them as well um and in fact the the that list that i played against that slanesh army is probably my preferred stonehorn build at the moment and I've taken that Huskard out and um, and put in the um, the the what do you call it Thunder Tusk yeah, uh, yeah. as well as a Fungoid Cave Shaman just so I've got the dispel and also a chance of generating some more command points yeah and, and but, you know uh, go ahead sorry about that I, I almost cut you off no no the the Alvgar Ancient um, and Iron Guts combination is a real combination uh, you can push it forward onto an objective and say come and try and deal with this mm -hmm. um, but there are two problems with it inherently. One is that um, one is that people can avoid it, so you will end up having to push your iron guts away from the thunder tusk. You know, just charge them off, which is fine because you know it gives you another turn. People say I don't want to mess with it, um, and so away they go. But the thing is, is that when you build your armies and you choose a tribe, so you choose a tribe and you get your artifact, um, and then you're normally going to want to get that second artifact, right? Because you normally want to get that ethereal stone horn or something like oh, yeah, that. Absolutely. As soon as you do that, your point's starved to put in the Thunder Tusk and the Iron Guts. Like, yeah. you just can't fit them in. And so in order to fit to work that combination into a list without sacrificing the rest of the whole list, you need to be no tribe. Okay. And that's yeah. fine. Like, there's no problems with that. But um, uh, that's but you just need to sort of go, okay, because you watch, as soon as you start building lists with Iron Guts, uh, eight or four, and the Alvgar Ancient um, uh, Thunder Tusk, as soon as you start building that list, you put that block together because you want that combination, and then you build the rest out and you go, no, I don't have enough. I don't have what I need. Right. And the only way I get what I what I think I need that I know works is to sacrifice that. So that's the inherent problem with the Battle Tome is that whenever you're building your armies, um, you're building down these general pathways and... Um, the things you would want to do, you can't quite do. And so right. that's that's the only problem with that. Um, I, it's something I'm going to try and um, and show on the channel as well. Um, but I think in order to do it best, you kind of need to do it in a no-tribe army. If anyone thinks that they can really work that combination up um, in a tribe army and have the rest of the army still be competitive, so have enough bodies, have enough damage to, to take care of your opponent, then... Um, 
then please send me that list because, I mean, you're looking at um, 800 points there for eight Iron Guts and a um, Thunder Tusk. Right. Yeah, that's true. Which, which is a unit that you're really saying, okay, I'm going to move up and you're not going to attack me. You know, I'm going to take that challenge. I'm going to make, I'm going to come up with a list. I'm going to send it to you because you got me thinking now, because I, let's put it this way. I think the, I think the secret to this success in this list is allies. So, so here, here's what I'm saying, doom. And, and let me just try to explain this as, as choppy as I can, but I think I can get through this. So yeah. you've got your delivery system. Let, let's call the thunder tusk, the bus, right? This is the bus. It's going to deliver your, your iron guts, right? And you've got that on one, one side of the table and the other side of the table, let's say you bring in say six, uh, rock gut trogoths with mm-hmm. all that they can do. They got a shooting attack. They've got, uh, they've got uh, ward save. Uh, they got uh, negative two Ren damage three. They got two inch reach. You know, they got, they got everything you want. And yeah. then you were to sprinkle in, you know, maybe a couple of smaller units of um, lead belchers, you know, for that shooting and almost like that, that, that crowd control, the hurting ability that lead belchers are going to be able to do. And then you throw in there maybe a small unit of six to nine Ogre bulls with two hand weapons, or I, I'm gluttons, I guess they're called now. I still call them bulls. Um, and, and I think if you were to build that list somewhere in with that type of combination, um, you could, uh, I, I think you could have a real winner on your hands with something like that. Of course, again, being that it's ogres, you'd have to, you'd have to really be on your game because I still believe as much as I love the Maw tribes in my my opinion, they're my favorite destruction army, probably my favorite army next to my beasts of chaos. Um, but they are very unforgiving and you pay for every mistake tenfold. It seems at least in my opinion with that. Yeah. So, so I like that army that you just explained, um, works perfectly in a no tribe. Um, one problem you often have is with your battle line selection, um, and so, cause depending on your general, you know, which BCR are either battle line or which ogres are, and if it's lead belchers, then you need to up them to a unit of four, um, which you really don't want to be taking multiple units of four lead belchers. Um, so, so, but an army like that can completely work. Um, and the rock guts are actually really, really good value inside a more tribes army, a gut buster style army, because for all the reasons you said, they're really quite good value. I was going to take a unit of them in place of my, because um, you have Iron Guts come in units of four for 220 points and Rock Guts come in a unit of three for, what is it, 140 at the moment? Yeah, 140, correct, yeah. Yep, and so you have six Rock Guts for 280 or eight Iron Guts for 440. And to be honest with you, in most cases, the six Rock Guts will kill um, the same thing that the iron guts will kill. Like they yep. both do that same job, right? So and sometimes you're plus ward save. Yeah. So sometimes you're overpaying for that that output from the iron guts. Um, so in my Cancon army, if I replace the iron guts with the rock guts, I actually get a hundred odd extra points, hundred and forty odd extra points to play with, wow. and that means a lot in a in in a, a, a more tribes army yeah, with those big true. units. The only the only thing I have against the rock guts in a tournament setting um, is the bravery and the uh, high amount of Ossiarch Bone Reapers and the catapults, um, because they will just shred them like one hit and take away half your rock guts, um, and then you, so you know unless you have a command point caddy to follow them along and auto you know pass Battleshock every single time, 
um, you know they're going to get um, battle shocked off. So, like, I think they're really good, but you just have to build that extra failsafe in with them to support the unit. And sometimes it can be counterproductive to what you want to do. But I mean, I guess, listen, if you're thinking about your ally in a, a rock gut trogoth, uh, six of those, and then also fungoid cave shaman for the same points as um, eight iron guts, right. where you've probably got something that does the same thing, generates command point, adds a dispel in. And it's um and he's also the the person that can follow them and make them immune to battle shock. So I think that's a that's a good little an option there. Yeah, I'll, I'll work up a list and send it to you. I, I'm I'm going to take that challenge because you got my you got my brain going, man. I want to get that worked out. But I, I do got I know we're, we're we're cutting through a little deep on on the topic here. But but you know, Maw tribes that that's your thing, Doom. We we got to we got to ring out the bar rag as much as much as we can on this topic here, bud. It's 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 hard for me not to go like full <laughs> full more tribe. <laughs> that's it. Um, I know you never go full more tribe, but um, yeah, sorry, guys. You, you got to go full more tribe when you can. But I got a question right. for you. I, and I, I've, I've heard you talk about this and I've read it in some other things, some articles. And I, I kind of want to get your two cents in a tin can now where we're at with the army. Um, might makes right. I happen to yeah. really love that rule. Might makes right. Um, although I got I got to tell you, and I, I kind of want to get, you know, hear where your thoughts are now. I, I liked your idea that you had made a while back about wounds remaining as a method of holding objectives. But where do you stand on that whole thing now? Oh, no, I, I don't like wounds remaining. As oh, a way maybe of I had that. Objective. Maybe I had that wrong. And then I apologize. No. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't like that idea at all. Um, I think might makes right is a um, an excellent rule. Uh I still wish they hadn't have implemented it and rather just gave ogres the power to compete with objectives because of their combat output without adding the model multiplier onto holding objectives. Um, because as soon as you introduce this for ogres, it sets a precedence for every other army. Well, why don't I get it as well? I'm elite. You know, I'm a bigger thing. Why does just an ogre who is the same as a troll, why don't trolls get it when ogres do? Like yep. it's it's the same sort of thing. Um and so when you, you you set that precedence, and I don't think you necessarily needed to. Now, having say, said that, I don't want to see it um, copy and pasted across to all the other armies because it's probably the strongest thing about ogres at the moment. And if we lose that, you know, if it becomes common amongst other armies, then it it's going to set us back a long, long way. Right. However, I, I do think that um, there is room in the game at the moment for certain types of monsters, certain units, specific units within battle tomes to count for more. Um, you know, I don't see why a rogue idol or a more crusher doesn't count for five or 10 or something like that. So I think there's room in the game to expand that type of rule out and selectively apply it to individual units within different battle tomes. So it's not just blanket across the army and, um, and that will balance things up because at the moment, to be honest with you, like I have one butcher, on an objective and I have RK on, on an objective and my butcher wins. And I've had that situation happen before and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm happy that I, I kept this, captured this objective, but looking at this on the table, there's no way that he steals that objective from RK on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. And you know, when you, when you talk about cutting and pasting, the first thing that popped in my mind right away was the monsters is battle line. You know, now, you know, we, we had it first, we meaning Ogre Maw tribes had it first, uh, you know, and now you're seeing Seraphon and these other armies come Flesh out. Flesh Eater Courts. Flesh Eater Courts as, with, with Monsters as Battle Line. And it's interesting that you brought that up because, you know, I mean, how do you feel about about 
other armies essentially getting that that can you know obviously unless we're going to take you know like some lunatic like myself 300 novelers in an army they're generally going to outfield us as far as models on the table model counts so how do you feel about other armies as you put it copy and pasting the the monsters as battle line type thing uh, I don't mind that at all, to be honest with you. I um, I generally love looking at a table and seeing five big monsters on it. Like, I think that's really, really cool. Yes. Um, and so I think more people should be able to play with that type of army. Um, like, you know, if I look at Skaven, for example, I have played Skaven at the, in the past, but when I look at that army, I go, ugh. I have no desire to buy and collect that army, even though I love it and um, just simply because of the model count and I don't want to play that sort of Warhammer. But if I have an option where I can buy into an army and I only need to run six models, um, well, I'm probably going to buy into that army. So um, if, it, if it gives more ways for different people to play the armies that they, they, they like, that they normally wouldn't be attracted to, then um, I think that's a good thing. And I don't think it necessarily detracts from, I guess the only argument could be, well, uh, is it steals from the identity of Beast Claw Raiders as Beast Claw Raiders were historically the classic monster mash army where you could right. do it. Yep. Um, and, and now you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not that special anymore. But um, I think we've got to share the love, share the specialness and, and let let all the other <laughs> other fa <laughs> factions have a little bit of that um, that monster fun as well. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So a couple more things. I know that we're, we're starting to wind down the Ogre Mock Tribes, but uh, and, and I think we put Steve to sleep. I think he's completely out like a light. No, 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 no. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying listening to you two fanboy over the Mock Tribe. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I, I got to tell you, I'm in, uh, no, I'm, in, I'm in a... No, it's okay. Believe me, it's a good conversation. I've enjoyed it. I am in uh, uh, nowhere near the... Uh, um, start talking about trolls and then you'll see how bad i am well i gotta tell you so you know how would you feel about a guy let's just say you know um a guy gets on the table with you he's a, he's a, he considers himself a maw tribe player but okay. he's got 300 nobblers on the table right you would would you i mean would that guy be a real jag off would you just absolutely hate that guy he would be a real sadistic son of a bitch <laughs> hey steve i don't know if i want to show him the army anymore man <laughs> Why not? Army, you, hey, you've already gone. You've already gone too deep. You might as well swim the whole distance. Oh god! Yeah. All right. Well, you know, don't 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 hold this against me, Doom. I mean, I know we're we're just we're just starting out our friendship here, you know, and I, I don't want it to be completely uh, thrown out the it window. Might, it might be about to end. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I actually, you know, because I'm such a sick person, I actually created a page for the junk mob, the Nobbler Horde. Oh All right. Jesus! And uh, I apologize to him in advance. You know, I, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to turn doom into this, man. I think he's going to I think he's actually going to uh, appreciate this. No, and he's going to think you're crazy like everyone else does. So no, go ahead. But, but, go I, ahead. but, go but, ahead but just, just a couple please. things. I mean, you know, doom. I know I know for some of the folks that uh, that are going to be joining us later on the podcast, you can't see this beauty. But look, at these, these are my cats, man. I, I took some uh, some rhinoxes and, and, and made them into my uh, my my cats for the army because my army is uh, essentially it's a it's a it's a real dirty trick. Doom. I've got a I've got an ogre hunter as my general. <laughs> My battle line are three units of two uh, cats. Obviously, my my converted rhinoxes here, yeah. And then uh, a tyrant because you know, obviously, you know the the might the 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 bully rule. I want I don't want any one of my my units of sixty to run. Yeah, my five units of sixty nobblers to run when once they run up and, and get on an objective. But um, it is it, I mean, honestly, it, I I really am a jerk. Oh, and there's my uh, there's I know you, I, I got it kind of tilted, but there's my maw pot. I figure it was fitting okay. a toilet. There you go. Yep, that's appropriate. And <laughs> and there's my uh, there's my hunter. 
Um, I kind of, uh, you know, so I, I basically it's a bunch of novelers that stole the Mornfang that have a bunch of uh, spears. I, I, I did some crafty work and, uh, and uh, put some uh, spears on them uh, from, from some of the old gits, the, uh, the git mob. Yeah. Um, and he plays this with no shame. That's true. That's true. I really do. But, you know, I want to show you the, the here's the army on the table. Now, this I forget what the uh, what this was, but this is these are this is what my 300 novelers look like in a particular scenario at the beginning of a game. I mean, have you ever seen anything so beautiful in your life? I have no words. That... <laughs> Smart bad. <laughs> um, that is actually a thing of beauty. I have to say that is amazing. So um, that is really, really amazing. All painted, fully painted. You, you, lock, you have to lock the screen on yourself. Lock the screen on yourself so that it doesn't bounce between us when we talk. Okay. Um, and bring that up. All yeah, right, that is that is this. really something special. Do you have any uh, scrap launchers in that army? No, no, I didn't want to waste any time with that. You know, uh, I just I, I wanted a hurricanum steam tanks. Oh, you, you combine this with a, this is a, a, a two, what is this? This is, a, oh, as far as the, uh, what you're seeing right here. Oh, no, we, I'm yeah. sorry. This is a, we, we decided one night, uh, we do these things called war meets. Can you see it okay? Did I lock the screen? Yep. Yep. Okay. So we do these, um, we do these war meets. Our club does. We call them war meets. And uh, we had, uh, we were doing a team, uh, 2,000 points a piece. So actually this is a, this is a mixed shot here. I've got some, uh, I got some of those, those goofy free guild that are in that army with, uh, uh, with, with me, but, um, man, they're cramping your style in this photo. I can tell yeah, you that. I gotta tell you, but, uh, but it's, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I started playing back, back when, when the white dwarf and seventh edition warmer fantasy battles allowed you to have an all nobbler army. They called me unwashed masses. Uh, the, the gittering horde is what they called them. I ran a thousand nobblers on the table. <sighs> I have so, no words. So, 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 yeah, Doom, he's I got not joking. So, Doom, here's what I'm going to do. If I, if I were to make it out to Australia and I were to bring the greatest army on, on the, they in the world, they would let you through customs with nobblers. <laughs> come on, Doom. What do you think? We, we got to try to set this up, man. I, I need to. If I you, need to... if, if you come to Australia and you bring this army, we will 100% make a battle report. It'd be impossible to not show this army on the channel. <laughs> Done. Done. I'm going. He's yep. going to live to regret those words, trust me. <laughs> but you know, I I had to show that off, you know, because it's 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 doomed. Christian you know? might even disown you. You know what's funny is uh, I I do have a, a funny sidebar story uh, uh, with with Christian in in this army, but it, you know he he completely I think he still looks at me with disgust and disdain over this army. <laughs> no, I listen. Um, what you should do is you should come to CanCon one year. Um, that's down in Canberra. So book an Australian holiday uh, close to the uh, late January. Sure. Um, it's when we have our, you know, the world's largest tournament on. Uh, everyone can travel down here, uh, meet us there, play in the tournament. Uh, we'll catch up, have a whole bunch of drinks, and um, yeah, it'll be awesome. Oh, and I'll play it. Sorry, that's my phone. It, it's it's an absolute it's an absolute must. So. All right. Well, well. Back to the uh, back to the normal stuff. So the last thing I want to bring up before we move on off the uh, the ogre Maw tribes is I've noticed one thing about, about the way you play your army, other than you, mm -hmm. you, 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 you play it great, but I've never, at least in my recollection, where are the Mornfangs? Is that, is, uh, that, is that not your style? No, I have, um, I have 12 of them here painted up, and um, I guess the essence is, is that I want to, 
I really like the book. I really like ogres, and I want to play every style. I started off as a gutbuster player, and um, that lends itself to blood gullet, in which you, you know, Mornfang can have a role in that army. Um, and then I've gone to Boulderhead, where I'm maxing out on Stonehorns. Sure. And um, and I will get to the Mornfang heavy armies uh, shortly. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, I just want to, you know, I really want to go through Underguts, you know, with the Iron Blasters, um, uh, all the different builds. So I've got the exact army that you have uh, ready to play. And awesome. um, a, a lot of people are advocating that we play it actually in Blood Gullet as opposed to Boulderhead. Wow. Um, well, that yeah. might, well that, hey, that might actually be pretty good. So the, the idea there is that, um, and it's largely based around Alpha Strike, but you charge across the table, um, you and you take a jaw bad or a jaw bad, whatever you want. You clear your opponent's screens with the impact hits um, and the blood vultures and things like that. And then because you've successfully completed a charge, the blood gullet um, command trait lets you and units around you within 12 inches, wholly within 12 of your general, um, do a 12, uh, six inch piling. So you yeah. charge in, you clear the screen, and then you can almost six inch pile in most of your army, hopefully into the guts of your your enemy, and then um, and then start your combat sequence. So, um, you know that's something that I'm I'm planning on trying shortly, and um, uh, as well as just that style of list in a, a classic boulder head as well. Nice. All right, that one I'm actually really looking forward to see. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. When, when do you think you'll you'll actually have that out as as a battle report? I mean, I know you said you wanted to go through these other lists, but when do you think you'll, be, you'll have that one ready? Well, I think probably the next game I have will have will be with that army. So four um, stone horns, um, two units of two Mornfang um, uh, battalion. So Jawbad or Yawbad to get me to like a three drop mm -hmm. um, in a Blood Gullet army, and that will probably be my next game. So hopefully, um, not this weekend. Next weekend, I'll have that game. So probably about two and a half weeks from now, um, I should have that up on the channel. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to that for sure. So, um, well, good. Any anything? I mean, I know we can keep we can keep uh, Maw Tribing out here, but uh, anything before we move on to the the sons of Behemoth, the new, the new darlings in the destruction world. Uh, no, let's um, we can finish it off there and move on to the giants because giants are awesome. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. What is happening? Get ready, Grimdark goons, to time travel back in time to a Grimdark Live show segment from the past. The, the past? A segment from a show back in time. Get ready, Grimdark goons. Here we go. You know, guys, uh, as many of you heard at the top of the show, our co-host and dear friend Randy is, is unable to make it this evening. Uh, often, you may have heard us say many, many times that Randy is the nicest guy in tabletop gaming. But his generosity and kindness doesn't stop at the tabletop. No, no, it uh, it extends to his main career as a male stripper. Um, he was famous for his stage name as the Long Dong Ranger. And uh, it is with great concern that we here at Grimdark Live report that while he was performing his famous hide-a-ho silver routine, he was injured. Uh, the, uh, the third cartwheel that he performed, um, he, uh, he slipped and he fell on his stunt midget. 
it is uh, it is with great luck that uh, Randy survived this perilous stunt. We believe that it was uh, the amount of glitter and whipped cream all over the stage made for unsafe twerking conditions. We were uh, we were lucky to have this photo of the incident after it occurred just outside of Cupid's Warehouse Bar and Grill. And the stunt midget, however, he didn't make it. Uh, there there is a funeral arrangement currently being made for as as we all affectionately knew him on a stage name, Mr. Giggleberries. Services will be held at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle in Spanish Fork, Utah. The uh, the Mormon community is just devastated. So we uh, we really hope a speedy recovery for our great friend. <laughs> Randy, many of you uh, knew him uh, as uh, Long Dong Rangers. Welcome back, Grimdark Goons. Hope you enjoyed the time travel. Welcome back to the present. Now, back to the show. Well, here we go, man. I mean, you know, Doom... Sons of Behemoth, right? While their full story of, of Sons of Behemoth, I guess, is going to be presumably revealed in their battle tome, we, we know that if played as an entire army of giants, they're going to be part of the destruction faction. We already know that. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, I mean, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you. Steve, jump in, man. So so what what do you have to say? We, we finally got menacing giants. Doom, thoughts, man. What do you think? Uh, well, Steve, why don't you you start because I've been talking forever. So why don't you start, Steve, and then and then I'll jump in and probably talk forever again. No, I just think that um, I think they're the giants that everyone's been waiting for. Um, I have a loathing and hatred for the current giant model. I just I think it does not accurately represent the terrifying creature that a giant should be. And then these sons of behemoth models are revealed and all of a sudden we have real giants and they're the exact size that they should be um i think it's going to be one of the most popular armies of the year um you're going to see them in every army for at least the first year uh i guarantee i'm going to have them in at least one in my troll army and um i know somewhere down the road i'm going to build them as an army um I think they're going to be the biggest thing to hit destruction, no pun intended, uh, for a long time because they're a completely new army. We've never seen this army before. We've seen orcs before. We've seen goblins before. We've seen ogres before. We've never seen giants as an army. And I don't even think those three models are it. There's got to be characters for this army. Yeah, There have got to be... I'm hoping there's going to be some kind of beasties to go with the army. I think we're going to get King Broad as a, uh, as, yeah, I as think a, he'll be character. the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I do. I think that, I think that obviously going to be one kit for three options to build, which means that, you know, you're going to get the, the war stomper, the Kraken eater and the gate breaker. Yep. Um, but I think there's going to be something down the line, uh, if not hidden in this one in this one box set, that you're going to be able to get the name character King Broad. At least that's my guess. You're going how... to see these giants at every tournament. Uh, not necessarily as an army, because to tell you the truth, I don't think that's where this is going. Uh, I don't think that people are going to be building an army of six to seven giants at $130 a pop, because I think that's what they're going to probably cost. Uh, I think these guys are going to be inserted into armies as allies. And yeah, because they can do that too. Yeah, I think that's eventually where they're going to end up. 
I think they're going to end up in armies as allies and the conversions are going to be phenomenal Yeah, because you're going to see them in death armies as zombie giants. You're going to see them in lizardmen armies wearing like scaled, you know, cloaks or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's what's going to make them such a hot army or at least such a hot product line because yeah, they're right. so versatile. I agree with that. And, you know, and here's something else, you know, we, we have to assume that the Forge World bone grinder giant or gargant, I guess to use the right term now, is going to be part of that army. Oh, I'm, um, I'm quite certain he's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Doom, what are your thoughts, bud? I think this is the best release um, since Age of Sigma has come out. Yep. Um, it's they're my favorite models. It's my favorite army idea, and um, I could not be more on board with any other army in the world. Like this is so good. Um, if you look at uh, Ben Johnson, you follow him on Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I do. He's yep, and you, so you see the Al Guzzler Gargan army that he's created. Yeah, um, and yeah. He of, he often gives you a, an insight into um, the battle tomes, what are coming up, and and what you can sort of expect um he's a bit clever like that and so uh you know he's got i think it's i don't know i can't remember if it's six or eight owl guzzlers and i expect that um six or eight owl guzzlers with one or two of these bigger guys will be a complete 2000 point army um and i think you're going to have the option to run this army where i think these guys that we've seen the three different builds are actually the hero versions um, and I think you're going to have the ability to run them as both heroes and battle lines. So if you just wanted to do basically these big guys as an army, you can, or you can have these as the um, as the leaders essentially, and then the owl guzzlers as your standard sort of troops. Um, I will probably buy about five of these giants, I think, um, because I want to make <laughs> one of every different kind, yeah. and um, and then have some fun with another two as well. My big hope is that. Um, my big hope is that I can find a role for them within my gutbuster heavy more tribes, um, where I can switch out my stone horns and things like that with one of these, uh, because aesthetically, like they're just big ogres, right? If you take a look at a uh, an ogre bull and then you just multiply his size, you know, you've got one of these bad yeah, boys. They're like right. big man eaters, um, and so they're really, really awesome. And and that's what I really want to do: just be able to get one of those put them in my army and he fulfills a real role and um and he's just awesome so i'm super excited for these giants yeah, yeah. if i build that army i think that's exactly what i'm going to do i'm going to try to find a build where i can only use the big gargants i don't want to use the little ones and i don't yeah. even care if the army's good because I, for me you know at 52 years of age for me the experience now is just playing with cool models to have to have cool stuff on the table and I think that having an all army of these larger gargants would just be incredible to see on the table. But but I think oh. I think in all fairness though, Steve, Doom needs to hear just how much you dislike the Ale Guzzler Gargan. Well, you know, it's not. Look, I I don't like to insult an artist's interpretation of what they think you know a model should look like. You know, as much as we've ripped on the Lumineth, we've also, you know, prefaced it with by saying, you know, look, I understand the artist had a vision. It just wasn't the vision that I envisioned. Uh, we finally have real giants now. The other Ale Guzzler giant does not look terrifying. Um, you know, being a Godzilla generation guy, I want he just, something. He, yeah. just looks, he just looks like me with my shirt off, really. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've always referred to him as your drunk Uncle Lester. 
<laughs> yeah, we call him Creepy Uncle Lester yeah. Giant. But I mean, yeah. he just doesn't—he just doesn't look terrifying. And a giant should be terrifying. This is this is a creature that's standing what 50, 50 feet tall. You know these like the new gargans, fifty feet tall, or you know thirty, forty at least. Yeah, these creatures should be terrifying. An yeah. ale is guzzler that... does not look yeah. terrifying. It looks comical. I mean, a, a giant is one of the classic sort of monster archetypes exactly. of, of myth, and um, and even if we look at you know. Uh, other mythology or we look at you know classic established law like um dungeons and dragons for example yep. where the giants cloud giants fire giants storm giants are such um powerful and epic beings yes. you really want a giant in warhammer to um you know run parallel with, with how they are in the different worlds as well so i completely agree yeah yeah and to that and, and you you have to have a giant that instills fear when i look across a table and I see five of those mega gargans coming across the table, I should be crapping my pants. I, I should be looking at those bottles and saying, oh, well, this is going to be a fun fight. That's what I that's what I want them to do. I want them to inspire that level of, of apprehension across the table because they should inspire fear. They should be a terrifying-looking creature. Yeah, what's the point of Jack and the Beanstalk when Jack just climbs up there and it's just like six six dads hanging around with their dad bods, and you're like, all right, this is not that scary, really. <laughs> exactly. That's a great. You know what? I, I'm gonna have to steal well that. Uh, I'm gonna have to steal that analogy from you, Doom. Yeah, that was great. Bod, I love it. So let, let's let's look at the tabletop. Let's look at the game itself. Um, you know, obviously there's gonna be two options to play this army. Obviously, the, the, the first army is going to be the army of, of Gargans, their own destruction battle tome. And I think, personally, in the short term, with the euphoric nerd juices getting all excited, I think that this is going to be an extremely popular way to play this army, you know, meaning all giants. And then, of course, I think option two is an army where, you know, as they say, as they say in any army can add one. I, I think this option where, you know, you take a Chaos army or you take a, a you know, a, a Cities of Sigmar army, I think this option will probably be the most popular in the long run. Yep. And uh, according to the the GW previews, the Gargants in the Sons of Behemoth will have some sort of mercenary rule that's going to be making them usable, as I said, in, in, in different Age of Sigmar armies. But, you know, Doom, what are your thoughts? I mean, am I on point with that, or do you think I'm a little off base? I mean, I, I, that's the way I see it when the army first drops. I think a lot of people are going to rush out and buy them to try and make their own whole giant army. Depending on how uh, well that plays on the tabletop, we'll see where it evolves from there, to be honest with you. Um, as long as they, I think they will likely have a role in most armies and people are going to want to convert the hell out of them yep. to match their army as well. So, you know, if you can put one of these in a Lizardman army and you can convert the hell out of this guy so he's wearing, you know, terror guy skulls and all this sort of stuff, it's going to look really, really cool and it's going to give people a real good hobby project as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, ex I think it's going to be really, really good and really exciting. The, the thing that's going to determine it most is um, how good their rules are, because if their rules are not that good, like to be honest, let's say, let's say they're 20 wound models, but they don't have any sort of after saves or anything like that. Okay. Well, they're just going to, they're just going to die in one round. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to have these yeah. big monster. He's going to look amazing, but any, decent unit in age of sigma at any tournament is just going to charge into it and take it off straight away yep. and if, you, mm -hmm. if you're paying 400 points or more for a model that just dies before he ever gets to really do anything then people are going to drop them really really quick 
and um, you know just just use those points elsewhere. Um, and so that's going to be the depending on how they build them out. And I think that's what they're going to do with them. I think they're going to go. These are just giants, right? So they're going to have a lot of wounds and they're going to have high damage, but they're not going. They're going to be lacking all of those other tricks. And um, if that's the case. And that's what I expect they're going to be. Um, then I don't think they'll be as prevalent. They'll will because they'll be hot when they first come out and everyone want to play with them. But then as time progresses, they'll start to drop off um, more and more. That's actually my expectation. Um, but we will we'll wait and see. Yeah, and I like the way you put that because you know what? It, it brought to mind the current giant or gargant that we have, which is the ale guzzler. And, and of course, in in destruction, yeah, people obviously. Drop them easily. And well, you don't see a lot of them on the table, and I think it's a lot of. The, and, and Steve, you and I have talked about this. We've we've had other people on the show that have expressed the same sentiment. Uh, Doom, I'd like to hear what you think because with the ale guzzler gargant, they got that goofy drunken stagger rule, and I've heard more times than not that's why people don't take them. Oh yeah. Um, so I went to a thousand point tournament. It was just for fun. And um, I thought, you know what, let's just give this a, let's just take a, a Owl Guzzler, right? Because we're not here to to win. We just want to have fun with our friends. So I take an Owl Guzzler. The first charge, he falls over. Yep. Um, the second charge, he falls over. Like literally in the same game, the right. first two charges, he fell over. And yeah. it was just, <laughs> um, it was hilarious to a certain point. So if these giants have that rule. Um, oh, it's I'm a dead army. I'm probably going to lose my mind yeah um, yeah that's what i'm afraid of that they're going to have these they're going to tack these goofy rules onto these gargans and you know um i don't think they're going to though i really don't i uh, don't think they're going to do that to these bigger giants because and i want to go back to something that uh do made a point on if these giants are just like an armor save of five and 20 wounds well if you think about that logically that's like just having a crappy unit of 20 guys you know uh, of of 20 men at arms or something in a unit that can easily be killed. So if, if that is the case, they're going to be completely useless. And if they, you tack on top of that, if you tack on top of that, the fact that they have a degrading profile or if they have, if they have this ability where they fall over when they charge, you're going to see that army die quick because even a cool model, even being a cool model, people are not going to want to play an army that only has five, six models and it has that kind of a drawback. It, it wouldn't even be worth playing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to screw you. It's going still, to screw you at that critical moment when you're about to make a charge. Yeah. They'll still sell for the hobby aspect and the yep, collectible sure side will. of it. And I, I will just want to have, you know, three to five giants on my, my shelf behind me when I record and things like that. Um, and they'll be great to paint, but um, yeah. So let, let's just wait and see, but I'm really excited for the army and I, I hope they, um, they nail it. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. And you know, like for me, my, my giant collection right now pretty much consists of everything I have for my beast of chaos. And I never actually put a giant in my army as far as pay for it, but I, I'll try to bring one on the table through primordial call because at least, you know, uh, for, for the couple of points that you're going to be paying for a giant, you know, for I, th I think it's it's nine points to bring a giant on. That's a heck of a lot better than, you know, the, the, the 160 that you're going to be paying for him, you know, on the tabletop in the army. So I guess it's how you I yeah. guess it's how you rationalize it. Right. So. Mm -hmm. So good stuff. Well, that's uh, that's that's the beasts of I mean, uh, <laughs> here I go again. That's, <laughs> the, that's the sons of Behemoth we got. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. 
But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. So uh, here we are. We're at the point in the show uh, where we are going to start talking about the, uh, or start asking the the question of the day. So, uh, so Doom, you ready? I'm throwing it. To, I'm throwing it to you, at you first. Yep, fire away. So here's the question of the day: um, If the Destruction Grand Alliance and every sub faction uh, in it were were to disappear tomorrow, what yep. army do you think you'd play, and and why? Uh, I play. Beasts of Chaos or Slaves to Darkness. Um, or it's it's. I play Beasts of Chaos because um, I love them. I love the primordial feel of them. Uh, Beasts of Chaos are, are one step away from being a destruction army, anyways. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm Doom and Darkness, right? So um, it's got to be got to be something chaos. There you go. There you go. Um, Steve, real quick. Um, I know we're kind of winding the show down, and uh, so what? Same question to you, man. If Destruction Grand Alliance uh, and every sub faction in it were to disappear tomorrow, what army would you play, and why? Soulblight Vampires. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I, I could have answered that one. I should yeah, have known that. Soulblight Vampires. <laughs> yeah. No. Death was always my. Death was always my faction uh, back in 6th, 7th, and 8th edition. So, obviously, I would migrate to Soulblight, the vampires. Good. Yeah, me, Beast of Chaos, obviously. Obviously. So, so good stuff. Well, here it is. We've got the closing thought of the show. Uh, Mike, Doom, any closing thoughts on, on, on the show today? Uh, no, I just want to say thanks very much for having me and inviting me to be online. You've got a really great podcast here, and um, I wish you all the success. Absolutely. And, you know, one of these days thanks. we're going to have to uh, get onto your show, and, and, and maybe I'm going to bring those nobblers down to Australia, man, and we're, we're going oh, to have a, we're gonna have a fight right Don't there. Don't threaten him. No, no, I'd be um, happy to have you on the show, and uh, I hope you do come down one day because um, we'd love to have you. And I'll tell you, if you, ever, if you make it to Chicago, man, I'll, get, I'll buy you a beef and a beer. It, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great town to get to, man. Yeah, that's a deal. Yeah, and, and real quick, my closing thoughts are: I'm thankful for this hobby. You know, without this hobby and without this game, this goofy little plastic dolly game that we all paint, play, and love, uh, we never would have met an awesome guy like Michael all the way out there in Australia. And and I think that uh, this hobby amazes me to no end every single day for how it it binds so many different people from so many different walks of life and so many different areas that you never would have gotten a chance to meet. Uh, otherwise and i'm very thankful for that michael it, it's it's awesome to get to know you honestly thank no, you. thanks again for having me absolutely from dark live i'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice dragons demons and a dwarf in the age of sigmar worlds we'll be back live next thursday so until then remember roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a freaking short pants 
you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim. All you dice chucking goose sniffing gamer games, you're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.